Hello and welcome to Frankly We Give a Damn About Movies, the podcast, where each week we bring you our unwanted and often biased opinions on the world of movies and news. I'm your host, Mike, and not joining me like always is Matt and Jim, who've decided to go off on their own little side quest. They've left me here all alone in Brisbane. But hey, at least you still get an episode this week, so be grateful. On the show this week, we'll find out what's been making headlines. We've seen a few announcements, including some new films and a major change to the popular Evil Dead franchise. Explain what that change is and why it's so important. There's been a few new releases. Not too many. But hey, at least things are now releasing. And without Matt and Jim, I needed to add something a bit different. This week is going to be titled, Frankly, We Give a Damn About Your Opinions. Early in the week, I put forward on my social medias, uh, being mine being at Mike Gambaro on Instagram, and our brand new Frankly We Give a Damn podcast on Instagram. That's our brand new page, Instagram. I put forward the question of, what's your opinions? Like, you know, what's your favorite movie? What's your thoughts on the podcast? So basically, I've compiled a bunch of people who have, some have called in, and some have just texted in. So towards the end of the show, we will have a, have a look at that. But it's been a long week since we last spoke to you all, so let's get ourselves reacquainted with what did we watch this week. Oh, in this case, what did I watch this week? A few weeks ago, Jim mentioned Red Notice. I decided to watch that, and it was it was amazing. I loved it. It was good. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, Gal Gadot, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds. What's there more to love? The iconic trio. I, I, I want to see more of it. I mean, but like Gal Gadot. Oh, ho, oh. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> even better. But um, it's, uh, Red Nose has been a good movie for Netflix. I mean, it's been uh, it's been on the top chart of Netflix for the third week, and it's even outdone in Tiger King um, season two. So it's doing well. We'd love to see a sequel. We'll love to see more of, of the trio, but only time will tell. And, of course, I had to watch episode three of Hawkeye, which is so I'm assuming we're going to be doing weekly updates of everything MCU going forward in the future. But so far, episode three has been the best episode like, I mean, we're only three episodes in. It's been a lot better. It's just, it's slowly, it's it's slowly becoming more and more entertaining as the thing goes by. Like, it just, everything's laid out. Everything's getting, it's it's now getting interesting. But uh, there's minor spoilers, a possible tease to a legacy character. And last week I mentioned, I reckon that uh, Kingpin might be getting introduced. And I think maybe Kingpin might have been teased, but there's only... One way to find out, and that's by waiting till next week for episode four. And also, I have to say something. I found out last week that the guy who plays Kate Bishop's dad in episode one before he, you know, <laughs> he is, he's Shrek on Broadway. So he is the original Broadway actor for Shrek. How good Shrek? I think we should do it. I think we should do a whole podcast dedicated on Shrek. But who cares what I've watched this week? Let's find out what's happened in the world of movies. What's kicked off the week were a few sequel announcements. (laughs) 
Looks like Mike Lane is tapping back from Magic Mike 3, last dance, but Magic Mike himself, Channing Tatum, took Twitter to actually make the formal announcement. Unfortunately, it will be only releasing on US streaming service, HBO Max, but it is a big movie, massive following. I expected to get at least a cinema release in Australia. Another big announcement was also the president of Sony Pictures, Amy Pascal. She came out basically confirming that the fan favourite Spidey, Tom Holland, is far from done with the role. Shortly after saying that, though, Sony execs were quick to respond with a shutdown, saying, hey, it's early days, don't really know quite yet. Hello, Peter. We also saw a few character posters released for Scream, which shows the veteran characters, mainly Sydney and Dewey. Hello, Sydney. Very excited for this. He'll be taking the franchise for the next sort of generation. Scream 4 was a bit of a miss. It's still a good movie. It did kind of bring in some fans, but this brand new Scream soft reboot sequel, it's confusing. It's got a lot of potential, and I'm very excited for it. Danny DeVito also decided to come out recently and he basically said he doesn't feel like he's done playing the Penguin. Now, DeVito played the Penguin in the 1992 film Batman Returns alongside Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Michael Keaton as Batman. And DeVito, in an interview, said he would love to play the role again. Batman Returns is one of my favourite movies of all time. And the fact that we're hearing Danny DeVito wants to do it again gives a lot of promise gives a lot of excitement for us Batman fans, especially when there are early talks of Tim Burton coming back to do some Batman projects for HBO Max. That is the future of of Batman, HBO Max. I mean, take what Disney Plus have been doing with the MCU and their TV shows, but do that for Batman on HBO Max. This week, we also saw Evil Dead star Bruce Campbell sit in an interview. He basically said he's done playing Ash. He he then went on to say that he literally, he physically can't do it anymore. After the cancellation of Ash versus the Evil Dead in 2019, he, he's basically put the nail in the coffin. He's locked up his chainsaw and boomstick. He's, he's done. He's out. He's gone. He sat in an interview with Collider, and Bruce Campbell, basically, he confirmed his retirement from playing Ash J. Williams from the Evil Dead series. He's basically just said he's given everything he's got. He doesn't feel like he can do much more with the character. He owes a lot to Evil Dead. It launched his career. You know, Bruce, Bruce Campbell wouldn't be Bruce Campbell today if it wasn't for Evil Dead. But another big thing is the Evil Dead franchise as a whole is such an important thing in pop culture. I know a lot of people listening probably wouldn't even heard of Evil Dead, but the original Spider-Man movies was directed by a man called Sam Raimi. The Evil Dead was Sam Raimi's first movie. The Evil Dead is what kicked off Sam Raimi's career. The franchise has evolved into this giant mega thing with two sequels, a soft reboot, video games, comic books, and the aforementioned TV show. This is such a big deal. 
purely because of how influential Evil Dead is. The common horror trope of A Cabin in the Woods. I mean, it's a movie called A Cabin in the Woods. Where did that start? Evil Dead. Evil Dead initiated the idea of there being a cabin in the woods. Evil Dead also started the idea of splatstick comedy. Three Stooges type things. Slapping each other and it's funny. It's people getting hurt for comedy. The idea of splatstick comedy introducing that horror and gore aspect and making it funny. But it was also one of the early adaptions of horror comedy. A lot of people will take horror comedy and think, scary movie. Evil Dead was before that. Evil Dead is so incredibly important. And as the series and franchise went on, it just got better and better and better. It's such a big deal. But no one seems to realize it. No one seems to realize that so much is influenced by Evil Dead. So with Bruce Campbell stepping away from the role of Evil Dead, it's a bit, it's, it's sad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I mean, he can always have cameos. He can always do something. He can always contribute. I know there is a new Evil Dead movie coming out called Evil Dead Rise, and Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are on that as producers. But Evil Dead will never be the same without Bruce Campbell. And like I said, people probably haven't even seen Evil Dead, let alone even heard of Evil Dead. But I do know that Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, Army of Darkness, and the TV show Ash vs. the Evil Dead is all streaming on Stan in Australia. But what I do have to say is, thank you, Bruce. Hail to the king, baby. Sure, I could have stayed in the past. Could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. This week, we finally saw released in Australian cinemas Encanto from Disney, which has gotten some very good reviews. The Card Counter featuring Oscar Isaac. I haven't seen much going on about that, but Oscar Isaac, he's always good. And we also saw the highly anticipated Dune released in cinemas. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. As I mentioned in the opener, I'm not going to be doing a featured spotlight this week because, frankly, I give a damn about your opinions. I wanted to hear what people were thinking. I wanted to hear what people thought of movies. I wanted to hear what you thought of the podcast. So I've got a few of you guys actually coming onto the show. So here we go. Scott messaged in. Basically, all he had to say is that he wanted a bit more energy from, from us and that he wanted a bit less superhero content. And Scott, what I'd have to say to that is... You try going through movie news without finding superhero news as a challenge. So Emily messaged in and she refused to tell me what her favorite movie was unless I got her actually on the podcast. So Emily, what's your favorite movie? The Titanic. You can't just pick such a basic movie without telling me why. Because Leo's hot. All right. Okay. We actually have legitimate opinions on the podcast. None of that, please. Okay. Well, thanks for calling in, Emily. So Alaria messaged in, and basically she wanted to make a comment on one of Tarantino's recent movies. Alaria, thanks for calling in. Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. What is your comment? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of my favourite movies, um, just because, you know, spoiler alert, um, the plot twist right at the end really got me. Like, I was watching the movie at first, I was kind of like, this is really boring for a Tarantino movie. 
Um, and then just at the end, I really got, I was like really dragged in because like that whole area of like crime and everything was really interesting to me and the way that they really connected it all without, you know, like Sharon Tate and all that. I just thought it was really cool. I was really amazed by it. Wow. Okay. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Alana messaged in and her little recommendation was, don't assume people know. And I I completely agree with that after listening back to the past few episodes. So what I'm going to try and do is I'll try and explain myself and give background information. But thank you, Alana. It really means a lot. Frankie's a good friend of the show and he's decided to... He messaged in and basically he wants to make a few little comments about a certain movie that came out recently. Frankie, how are you? I'm good, Michael. How are you, man? Oh, I mean, a lot better than that. Now, you're featured on Frankly We Give It, and I'm going to the podcast. Oh, darling, <laughs> stop it. Um, you've seen The Last Duel, haven't you? I have. I have. What did you think of it? I I did like it. I thought it was a good movie, but my only issue is I went in with expectations. With it being a, a Ridley Scott movie, I, I, yeah. I thought a bit too. I got a bit too yeah, excited. Yeah, right. Well, like, I get the expectation of a Ridley Scott movie, but I still think he encompassed Scott doing Scott, you know? bring back the sword play in a different era of time. I love that, especially the camera, like, you know, the camera production. I was beautifully like shot. That. Oh, beautiful. Everything was sleek. It, the mise-en-scene fits perfectly with all of what he created in world building, but I do agree with you. It was a bit disconjointed, if that makes sense. Not even in the fact that it was a, you know, three-act um, separate story with three different storylines, that eventually came together, but I get, I get where you're coming from. Um, but I loved it. I honestly loved it. The main thing with this movie and the main comment I want to put out there is that it is such an amazing film and it's such a shame that it didn't get the attention it deserves. Frankie, thank you for calling in. Anita, you can call yeah. in whenever you want. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll be pleased to. Thanks, Frankie. Anyway, see you, mate. Lawrence is someone who messaged messaged into my little call out and we started chatting and I thought to myself, hey, let's save this chat for the actual podcast. He raises some very valid points. So I've got Lawrence with me here today. Lawrence, welcome to the show. The pleasure is all yours, Mike. Lawrence has some feedback that he'd really love to give. But first of all, I asked him what's a movie he's watched recently that he'd like to talk about. So Lawrence... Well, recently I did watch The Little Things on Netflix and I would love to argue today. For clarification, I didn't. I did not like the little things. I thought it was a, a rubbish movie, but Lawrence is going to try and change my mind. So, can you give us just a brief, a brief synopsis of what the little things is? So, it's a crime thriller, right? Um, chasing a serial killer with Rami Malek and Denzel Washington, similar to Seven, uh, but a very different plot in the end of it. And you really like this movie? Yeah, I honestly really liked it. Sure, it did fall flat and the pacing was a little slow, but I think there was a great motif that was used with the little things, in that Denzel's character often referred to the little things that get you caught. And although at the start of the movie it sounded like he was talking about the murderer being caught, but by the end of it you realise that he was really talking about the investigators being caught in the emotions 
of the crimes. I must I must say, as much as I didn't I didn't overly enjoy the movie, there were some amazing performances. Denzel was spot on and even Raimi was good. But someone who you didn't mention in the synopsis was Jared Leto. Yeah, I like Jared's character too. He was a little too strange, I think. Mm. Um, but it was executed well, I think. I honestly Rami is creepy to me, so I would have loved for him to be the serial killer, but I can see why Leto was the choice and it makes sense. Still haven't changed my mind. <laughs> it was long, it was dragged out, it was it was just a mess of a movie. It was and it was one of those movies that it, it came out at a time when we were just coming back to cinemas. So it was a movie that flopped in the box office. Mm, it did. And it didn't do well too critically either. Yeah, and I, I get what you mean about the plot. Um, but I think that was also purposely done quite well because it is quite erratic. That is the life of being an investigator. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes it falls short. Sometimes you're on a lead. And it was really well done. I, I just think it was a great, realistic movie. You know, actually, after you saying that point, you've, um, you've, I'm not going to say you've com- completely convinced me it's a good movie, but um, I, I <laughs> you you got me there. Even even the ending where I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was ambiguous. Mm-hmm. That is often the reality with crime investigations. It gets to a point where you don't know, and you have to find some sort of solace somewhere, and whether it's real or not, that's where you're led. All right, you proved you proved yourself. All right, okay, calm down. You proved yourself on the podcast. You don't need to keep flexing to one up me. <laughs> Jeez, okay. Apart from the little things, you you wanted to talk to me about some feedback on the podcast, which at the end of the day is what I wanted. You know, we've it's a new podcast. We're still working out the kinks and stuff like that. What do you think of the podcast so far? I love it. I think it's awesome. I really like the work you guys are doing, and it's good for. Um, it's good for film, but I, I do have a few points that I'd like to add. Should you accept my recommendations? No. <laughs> but but yeah, I do have a few things. And you know, Mike, being a movie savant that you are, you're, you are looked to as the man in film in huh. Brisbane huh. And, and for the future of the world, really. Huh. But um, Oh, please. Stop. But Stop I, it. I think people value your opinion and your critiques a lot. I certainly do. Um, and something I'd love to see on the show more is is more of a ranking. Something that, you know, people would be like, okay, you know what? Mike said this is a this out of this. And, you know, people take your opinion very well. So, I think that would be cool. I personally, when I approach movies, I'm, I'm no film critic, but, you know, when I watch a movie and someone asks me, how do you rate it? How did you like it? Did you, you know, was it good? Blah, blah, blah. I often go by plot the cinematography, and the actual acting itself. And I find those three pillars are what can really shape a movie. And, you know, you can fall flat in some areas and excel in others. But um, I think that, you know, something like that would be great to add to the show where you guys can talk more about that and give a give a solid metric rating. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. So you're saying when we do our little movie spotlight segments, when I give my little review, I should dissect Every part. Yeah. Is that what you want? Yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. categories are quite broad, but I think yeah. that will work well. Yeah. Yeah. And give, it, and give each of the segments a bit more structure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. And then from there, uh, I would like to propose a segment. Now, oh, dear. No, oh, no, no. dear. Oh, dear. No, no, no. Oh, dear. Okay. I'm, look, I'm looking at Lawrence's face right now, and he's got this big cheeky grin, which is now making me scared as to, as to what it is. Okay. St- here here on the Frankly We Give a Damn podcast, we are family friendly for now. 
I'm going <clears> to <throat> give us another few weeks and um, um, you never know what happens. You never know. But my proposal, yeah. should you choose to accept it again, is that I think something that really fascinates me is the, the way that our society looks at classic films. There are so many movies where people look back and they acknowledge something as a classic, i.e. Pulp Fiction, The Matrix. And without people even seeing the movies, they instantly, oh, that's a great movie. I've heard about it. People revere it as a classic. They're recognisable. Exactly. They're pop culture icons. But what if these same movies were released today? Would they flop? Would they do better? What would be the reception? I really like that idea. I I actually do a lot. I think it is quite interesting. And I think you can also look at it from more of a society perspective. When we look at films like, say, The Party and, say, um, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, which I know is a movie you love, but (sighs) if that was to be released today, it'd be met with great critique. It would be society. absolutely panned. Yeah. I mean, e- even even then, I believe it was 2008. Um, it was it was still poorly, uh, not poorly received. It was still it was still controversial back then. But then, in a world where we are now, just imagine that. I mean, but even going back further, we look at some of the Mel Brooks movies, mm. for example, Blazing Saddles, a movie I watched recently. Imagine that being made today, or even Airplane. Yeah. Would not be pretty. It would it would be an absolute Hollywood nightmare. But people often apply this to say music, like the music industry. You know, you and I love our rat pack, right? But if Dean Martin came along today and started playing the same music, oh, it, no. I don't think it would be well as well accepted. No. Even even Frank Sinatra, he's one of the best sing he is he's considered one of the best singers in the world. Mm. And I mean recently we also um we saw um the Rolling Stone release their hundred greatest songs of all time. We saw Aretha Franklin. Take number one. If she released that today, if it didn't have the legacy and everything behind it, it'd flop. It'd flop. It'd yeah. flop. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be number one on Rolling Stones. No. And that's the heart. That's it. It's it's really it's a commentary on society. Mm. It's the exact way of how how can we take and it's why remakes fa- often fail so mm. poorly because they take that source material and they try and. Make it for that newer generation. Universal are doing it perfectly. They're taking their original Universal monsters, such as Dracula, Frankenstein, and all that. And but the actual example that's been made, the Invisible Man. We're not talking about the Mummy. Let's, the Mummy never happened. Mm-hmm. But the Invisible Man, such a stupid concept. Oh, not a stupid concept. But back then, everyone was scared. It was scary. The idea of a man that was invisible and he had the he had his the bandages wrapped around him. Now, we we saw um, released recently the Invisible Man, which has gone full psychological thriller, and that's exactly how you could remake something for the modern day. Mm. It works now, but it wouldn't work back then. It'd be too much back then. 2020 Invisible Man is a great example of an awesome reboot. I loved it. But a terrible example of a reboot or a remake is the 2016 Ghostbusters. Awful. Right? If that was to be released first, would it have been as terrible? Ocean's 8, if that was released first, not coming off two of the best heist films of all time, would it be as seen as so terrible? I'm a massive Ghostbusters fan. And even the past two episodes, I've, I've, I've made sure Ghostbusters has been mentioned. And I, that's, that's always my argument. Everyone goes, oh, you're like you're sexist for not liking 2016 Ghostbusters. It's like, no. I mean, I said it's awful, but it's not an awful movie. But what does bring it down is the fact that it's got the legacy of Ghostbusters behind it. 
Mm-hmm. And that is that. That's my argument. That that would that. be the point of the segment. That Mike. would be the point of the and segment. And that, that's why I think it's so. Uh, smart, and I think I it's love an interesting it. point. I love it. So, you smarter guys in film can talk about. It. I, <laughs> I just come up with the ideas. But you guys know your stuff, so I, I, I really do like that idea. I mean, even building upon that, like, taking that segment and then figuring out ways of taking those older movies and thinking how can we remake it for a modern audience, kind of like a pitch meeting. I reckon that would be something really cool we can discuss on the show. I really do like that idea, and I think I'll, I'll incorporate that. Before I let you go, I have to ask, what's your favorite movie? Look, I, I think it's it's not too much of a basic answer, but it's it's got to be Scarface for me. Tony Montana <laughs> is iconic. It's the wallpaper on my phone. It'll forever be my favorite movie. You know I'm going to be adding Scarface music over this. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for Push it. Push it to the limit. Give it to me. Lawrence, thank you for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for your uh, feedback and everything. Yeah, absolutely no worries, mate. Are you hungry? There are few moments where I am not absolutely famished, and yes, I am starving right now. <laughs> Hold on, I, I got an idea. Domino's pizza. Hey, mate. Um, I'd love to just order uh, a large Godfather pizza. Yeah, sure. No worries. Anything else? Uh, what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite movie? Well, as in, like, like my favorite movie. Yeah, as in, like, you know, movies you watch. Chef. I love Chef. I I, I love Chef. All right, th- thanks, thanks, mate. How long is that going to be? Uh, it'll be about twenty minutes. All right, cheers, boss. Love it. <laughs> Not even a name. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! For Chef. Uh, Thank you for joining me this week on Frankly We Give a Damn About Movies, the podcast. Jim and Matt should be back next week, but I'd like to say a big thank you to Lawrence. Absolutely no worries. I'm excited for Dear Evan Peterson. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, this is... <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, apart from that, next week we'll see a release, Dear Evan Hansen. And the French Dispatch. And, and the French Dispatch. That's the podcast for this week. Frankly, I give a damn about movies. Bye bye.